How's it going, guys? Welcome to the, the Shoes and Biscuit podcast. I'm your host, Alex Whiteley. And joining me today is our biscuitier, Julie. How's it going, Julie? You okay? Yeah, all good. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm going to whack your mic up a little bit louder. Okay. And joining us today um, are two members of, of two, well, two great establishments. And the, the third... Yeah. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Not not in front of a microphone. I'm afraid we've only got we've only got the four microphones. But uh, representing Iron Iron and Rose and Glue Glue today. Do you, yeah. you guys want to go around the room and introduce yourselves? Yeah. So I'm uh, Robin, and I uh, started Iron Rose about four years ago, five years ago, um, in Shrewsbury Market Hall, which, to be really sort of independent specialist wine merchant, really focused on stuff that's organic, biodynamic wines that really come from somewhere and have a sense of identity and place. Um, and it's kind of an antidote to the kind of more, I guess, <laughs> industrial kind of scale Pinot Grigio you might pick up. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, looking at really small scale producers. Um, and then um, I always wanted, as part of the scheme, to have an opportunity for people to come and taste the wines and drink a really glass, something really cool with a, something appropriate to eat with it. Um, so, so we um, found a location a couple of years ago to open a Glue Glue Wine Bar and pass on to Jack. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Jack Breeden, um, and I met Robin when I moved to Shrewsbury. Um, that was nearly two years ago now, and um, yeah, we decided to open Glue Glue, uh, which was last April, so we would have been celebrating in April a year, uh, which just fell short, but um, yeah, it's been a great journey, uh, brilliant to offer amazing wines by the glass to people and um, add some kind of food and a really nice vibe there as well, so it's been really cool. Mm. And then uh, two weeks before lockdown, um, <laughs> Kitsy joined us. Hi. <laughs> as uh, assistant manager at Glue Glue um, and since then has been assistant manager at Glue Glue for two weeks um, has been um, web designer web builder for Iron and Rose where we've been redeveloping the website over lockdown in order to you know enable people to carry on buying mm. cool wine um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, assistant carpenter at Glue Glue oh, to yes. re- that's a really good job enjoyed that one <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Re- refresh that and all that stuff. So, so yeah. versatile. Then. Yeah, COVID CV yeah. is just free for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, COVID CV. Yeah. Because people have been tested, haven't they? It's been a real challenge. So people have had to find skills that they, they wouldn't have normally had. So it's been difficult, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think it's been really challenging. I mean, it's been challenging for so many people in so many different ways. I mean, in, like, in terms of just kind of pivoting your business really, ever really really fast you know like all the green growth and stuff and uh, butchers and stuff in the, in the market just turning from being you know just purely a come and pick it up kind of place to doing masses of deliveries and yeah. stuff like that but also from a point of view people like you know jack he's been on a furlough for you know three months and it's just like it's a weird kind of a weird kind of existence mm-hmm. um Okay. So I've got full-time childcare to uh, look after myself and um, a little bit of wine tasting on the side to, <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. to have the upside. <laughs> yeah, because wine tasting isn't work. So from HMRC's point of view, when we have a Zoom tasting, so we get samples sent to us, mm-hmm. like new wines to have in the shop or having a bar or whatever, um, we've um, taken the bottles down to Glue Glue, um, split them into three. Um, so someone's taken the full bottle, so then we've got these little glass um, these little glass water jugs we use, um, so we've kind of split the bottle, split the bottles into, them, and then we've taken them back home to our own homes and sat down and had a Zoom uh, wine tasting where we can kind of like you know discuss the wines back, like have a bit of a chit chat, and yeah, um, yeah. it's been really cool. It's been a really nice way to do it and keep kind of keep involved. Um, I've, I've got to say, like wine, I've, I, I, wine has never been like. Um, one of my things but I'm learning my friend uh, Andy Imhoff <laughs> big shout out to Andy Imhoff uh, from Pardon My Fork podcast um, he's in America and he talks about he's, he's a really good chef yeah. him and his wife 
and they, they talk about what wines would go with what, and they, they, they fill up like a good hour or two talking about wine, and I'm kind of like, wow, okay. Uh, you know. it's so much the story behind um, wines is, is fascinating, because they're farmers, you know, a lot of people, yeah. you know, they're... You know they're growing crops, and then then it, but then it's that magic part of making it into wine as well. So you've got some grapes that are growing in a particular piece of land, and it's a particular weather that year, and you've got all these kind of issues you're going through, like so there's pests, there's rain, there's wind, there's like hail, there's frost and stuff, and then there's the fermentation, and it turns into wine, and then it's like magic because then it's kind of like it's that place kind of trapped in a bottle and that time, mm. and that's that's what that's what really fascinated me about wine when I first started out. And like when I first started traveling as a kid to France and then later on traveling for work. And, um, it's, um, uh, and that's, that's part of the magic you kind of lose when mm. it's just a commodity. Um, but when you talk about matching it with the food as well, and you like, you know, um, I write an article for my Shrewsbury magazine and, like, and that's all about kind of telling the story and like, you know, matching the food with the, matching the wine with the food and like maybe going local. So if it's a, a Croton de Chavignol, you know, like a Loire, Cheese, uh, Loire goat's cheese, picking up a really beautiful bottle of Sancerre or Touraine Sauvignon that really kind of goes with that. I think mm. it's um, it's that, uh, yeah, it's the kind of combination that makes it magic. It makes me feel so simple, honestly, because I'm, <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'll have beer. <laughs> just give me but, a beer. Like, it took us ages to try and get you to have yeah. a gin, didn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> beer, beer has a magic too, I think, because, you, do, you know, you get... Um, you get producers who are making something that is really specific, you know, and really local, and like using particular style of hops and stuff like mm. that. And mm. yeah, um, yeah. for me, it's it's less exciting than wine because it's because with, because if you've got a bucket full of grapes that have been organically grown, you've got everything you need to make wine in there. Yeah. You don't need anything else because you've got you've got the juice, you've got the sugar, you've got the colour from the grape skins, you've got um, the sugar that's going to get turned into alcohol, yeah. um, and you've got naturally occurring yeasts that kind of live on the grapes and live in the air and live in the winery um so all you've got to do is you've got to bash them up a bit um if very on a very simple kind of scale bash them up a bit it ferments you kind of uh, filter it fine it yeah. if necessary you don't even have to do that you stick it in a bottle and you've got a bottle of wine it's amazing so in terms of the fact because obviously you, it's organic isn't it the wines a lot of what we do the real emphasis of business is on organic stuff yeah, yeah. Um, so for the people that aren't into wines or understand wines and there's the you know the Go and get, grab a bottle from the supermarket. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's cool. You know, it's like yeah. But what <laughs> what makes the difference between the organic and non-organic? So is it sort of is it part of the process of what goes in, or is it how the grapes are grown? It's more. It's more about. It's quite a whole. For, for a lot of producers we work with, it's a holistic um, approach. So it's about how the grapes are grown. So mm-hmm. it's not using um, synthetic herbicides, pesticides. Um, it's all about um, growing, growing grapes organically or farming the land organically and encouraging mm-hmm. that biodiversity so you've got a more robust um, vine system. Um, but then it's also um, in the winery, so it's using minimal manipulation because there's something like 180 different things you can use to make wine in terms of like adding tannin or sugar or acidity yeah. or deacidifying or you know gum or um, loads of things you can do to it. But like I said, if you've got a bucket full of well-grown grapes... You don't need to do any of that kind of stuff to it. Yeah. Um, and it's about knowing. And it sounds like it's less fair, like not bothering, you know. But it's um, but it's more about knowing what to do and when not to do stuff. Yeah. You know, um, and knowing that using the right kind of fermentation temperature, the right kind of um, vessel for fermenting in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be quite. It's a really subtle and complex thing. And also the best natural winemakers are people who know how to do it 
kind of by the book. Yeah. But choose by the kind of you know the, the kind of industrial book, but choose not to do that because mm. they can look at the way that, the way the fermentation's going and kind of develop and work with that. Mm. Um, and it's yeah, so it's that then, and, and that gives it that kind of identity and individuality. And a lot of what you're doing, you know, I used to work for a company where we supplied stuff to, you know, to supermarkets and, you know, multiple retailers and stuff like that. Um, but that, that was all about consistency. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with consistency. Mm. It just gets a bit boring. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> and obviously and it, price as well makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, the... price, sure. Mm. But I mean, you know, um, you can, uh, it doesn't make, the, the, the economics of making wine are, in, well, the economics of wine in the UK are that until you start spending about £6 a bottle on a bottle of wine, the value of the juice in the bottle is almost nothing. Yeah. Between £6 and £10, the value of the juice in the bottle rockets um, because the fixed costs are the duty, the bottle, the, the shipping, yeah. um, the capsule, the label, um, and they are about sort of five or six quid really yeah. um, before you start. So obviously then there's very little to go back to the, the actual farmer and what you can do in the vineyard in terms of you know, producing crops, encouraging biodiversity, mm. that kind of thing. So you have to be a very kind of, yeah, a bit more kind of slash and burn yeah. bit of farming. I do know yeah. it's the only wine when I've ever had wine, because I don't drink wine anymore, yeah. I used to. Um, but when I had organic wine, it was the only time I'd never had a over from wine which I was like amazed because we drank loads when we was there was a group of us away in Italy and and the little lady she sort of we had a big like Airbnb property type thing we rented out and she lived in a little hut thing next to it and she had crates and crates of wine that she was making herself selling it to us for like two euros a bottle and you're thinking oh this is going to be really grim (laughs) it was lovely and the next morning we went through loads and the next morning not one of us had a hangover and then she was saying to us oh yeah my you know it's all organic and and there's a lot lower level to sulfites because one of the things you mentioned like um yeast um when you're um making wine so the naturally occurring yeast are existing in the in the winery and on the grapes and stuff all, all around you, so you don't need to. The problem with those is they're a bit they can be a bit random. They can go off in a little bit of tangent in the fermentation. So what what if you want to make a consistent product, you need to zap those yeasts, those naturally occurring yeasts, with a dose of sulfur with a dose of uh, sulfur dioxide, mm-hmm. um, in order and then inoculate with your own selected yeast strain. So um, you'll choose a yeast that will will. Um, uh, exaggerate certain characteristics so make your chardonnays more buttery or make your chardonnay a bit more mineral mineral or make your sauvignon blanc more kind of cat's pee blah 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 um, <laughs> and and also then those yeast go from the start of the fermentation to the finish very quickly and there's no deviation there's no it doesn't get stuck it doesn't kind of slow down and do unexpected things it's a very it's a very straightforward um, fermentation so it does what you expect wow. do you know what oh, this is fascinating when somebody can just <laughs> reel off these facts without going hold on on page 85, it says um, that when someone can reel off those facts, you know they've got a passion about it. I am slightly obsessed. Yeah. Obs- oh, okay. There's, there's a fine line. Isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a fine line between obsession and... Go on, sorry. Go on. But, uh, there's, there, but that's really got what got me what we fixed. And then when I was with this last company where I was supplying supermarket, I did an MBA um, while I was there. I did at Aston Uni. Um, I was living in Shrewsbury. Oh, yeah. back at, I was back in Shrewsbury at that point. And... And kind of thought, I was kind of, it sent me in a bit of a weird place because I thought, I don't want to carry on doing what I'm doing at the moment, like, you know, traveling the country, selling wine to supermarkets and blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe I should get a proper job and go and like wave my MBA around and say, like, you know, listen to me, I've got an MBA, do what I do, and I'll take my fee and I'll bugger off. Um, <laughs> but then I thought, actually, I, I kind of love this and I'm mm. really excited about it. And I thought Shrewsbury was really developing as a town in terms of like its uh, recept- receptivity 
if that's a word. Yeah. It's a word now. It'll do for um, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to stuff that's really interesting and local and has provenance and that kind mm. of um, authenticity. And you look at the other producers around here, like, you know, Sarah Appleby and um, Martin Moyden and Will Shropshire Salumi. Yeah. And um, Sitch Farm and all those kind of people who are making and um, Tom at Pasco Primero who are making wines that have a real uh, who make, make producing stuff that has a real sort of authenticity and individuality. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a real strength locally to that kind of thing. So I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a go and see how it goes. And so it started in the market hall because yeah. it's low cost. Um, it's a low commitment. Yeah. Um, doesn't have a take out 10 year lease. But that's the good thing about yeah. the market hall as well, because yeah, yeah. all those different storeholders in there, and particularly obviously the like the restaurants in there now. Yeah, yeah. You know, you I know from obviously working in there as well that everyone purchased from other people in there, yeah, all those a, other local producers that you've just mentioned. So. There's a lot of support within the market. Mm. I mean, Ali Oli buy the and um you have people buy their wine from us yeah. to sell in the market and um yeah, and and gin different and yeah. you know, so so that's that's really cool. And you know, and yeah. When we do like openings, we sell maybe sell one by the glass. We go and encourage people to go and buy yeah. some stuff from other people to drink and yeah. treat. There's, there's something really special about the market hall. We've always said that, haven't we? Yeah. There's a really nice vibe, and I feel like yeah. you know somewhere where um, sophisticated people to go and get sophisticated things uh-huh. whilst having a bit of fun. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. adds something to it. But it? also, you can do everyday shopping there too. Yeah. You can get some fantastic like fruit, veg, and bacon off next door. And yeah, that's so. what I said. I've been doing through yeah. the whole of lockdown. I've not been using the supermarkets. No, no. Been going to the market hall because it's been yeah. lovely and empty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. So let's talk about when you when you first started, say five years ago, when you opened in the market hall. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Shrewsbury is sophisticated <laughs> on the whole. You know, I mean, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of wine drinkers and people that like that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but you already had tanners here, right? The big boys. How yeah. was that you know, opening up against them? You know, we're. Um, I mean, there's late. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of competition in the wine world. Um, yeah. I suppose we are quite young and quite nimble, and we do some quite funky stuff. Yeah. And when I actually first moved, I was born and brought up in Shrewsbury, lived down in the southeast, and lived in France for a while, and then met my wife in Colchester, and she got a job up here, so we moved back to Shrewsbury. And when I first moved back, I did actually work for Sanders for a couple of years um, until I left and went off to work for this um, in, uh, important agents and stuff. Um, and I think one of the issues for really established companies is that you have quite a fixed customer base, and they almost hold you where you are mm-hmm. because you can't. You can't risk losing that customer base. Yeah, um, and so it's and also it's, sometimes it's quite useful to have um, to be the the gorilla operator. You know, mm. sort of mean you come to be. We're not them. We're somebody else. So you know, we've picked up quite a lot of on trade business. So people like Seasons and James Wild Shropshire yeah. and people like that who wanted to do something that wasn't everywhere else. You know, um, and had that real kind of, and had some, had wines that kind of matched their sense of their their priority and having something with a sense of place. Um, yeah. So sometimes it's quite good to have a foil, a foil to work against and to be not them. Um, and, a, and as a business, we're very different in style, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're quite, I mean, you know, <clears throat> what they do is they have an amazing range of very traditional kind of stuff, and they, but it, it looks quite traditional mm. too. And I think that can be quite off, off-putting. And I'm, I was really anxious to have, you know, wine's supposed to be fun, you know. It's not supposed to be some big intellectual ex- exercise, although I'm a bit obsessed. Um, <laughs> but it, it was supposed to be fun and so you know I wanted it to be approachable and that was the other thing about being in the market as well is there's no front door you know yeah. people can drift past they can look at what's on the shelf without having to make any kind of commitment about opening the door and being in, um, in uh, kind of in, intimidated by coming to somewhere where it looks really kind of specialist um, yeah. and you know 
this is what I wear for work, you know, jeans and a, jeans and t-shirt, and, <laughs> and it's what it's what most of the producers we work, you know, and, and mm. globally it's jeans and t-shirts. I mean, they're quite cool t-shirts, but they're t-shirts. <laughs> um, um, but that's it's about yeah, it's about it's pretty fun, really. Um, your demographic when it, when you first opened five years ago and then now has have things changed? I think it's it's not in the radio system it's not a demographic that's restricted by age yeah i think it's restricted by outlook really um you know i've got uh, customers from 18 no younger than 18 obviously um <laughs> to you know 80 90 you yeah. know who are looking for wines that really have that identity and, and and you know they're yeah they're just looking for something that's fun and different mm. yeah. you definitely see that reflected in the tastings as well um you know i think one of the things that brings you close to wine when you don't really know much about wine is going to a tasting and having the opportunity to try 60 or 70 different wines mm. in a day which yeah. might sound a bit overwhelming but <laughs> if you you know only have a small amount and take a little you know a few good breaks or um Keep even, spitting. even spits yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is the most important part then you get such a an amazing thing to see um and so I suppose a comparison as well with someone like Tanners is, you know, they do a very traditional style tasting, don't they? Which yeah. is a stand-up kind of go around the room. Whereas the tasting at Glue Glue is a bit more um, focused on something in particular uh, within the kind of natural organic kind of we style. drink it out of a horn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done some quite funky like tastings that are based on ge- geography as well. So like we did one of volcanoes. So wines that have grown volcanic soils. Nice. Oh, wow. And coastal wines as well so wines grow right right on the beach pretty yeah. much um and just kind of look at how that that connect that connects different wines mm-hmm. um and then or wine or tastings focused with food as well they match with food like um with ben at osnosh um, yeah which has been really amazing because the his creativity within food is absolutely incredible and to match with these kind of really unusual unique wines has been yeah something to yeah. Yeah. Can, can you guys like line up um like say somebody just fills up loads of red wine could you tell which one's which just by tasting them where they're from that that sort of thing you you guys have competitions with each other like i mean that was part of the wine quiz that we put on and i think the there was something like five points to get from each wine and there were five wines so 25 in total on a blind tasting i think the most that someone got was two yeah Um, Yeah. you know there were a lot of good wine drinkers there but it is really hard isn't it it is really hard um, because there's so many different varieties Mm. on a good day with the following winds you can kind of like i mean i've tasted a lot of wine over the years and i can kind of narrow it down to like country maybe great variety and things like that and on a really good day i was really lucky when i was doing my wine exams because there was um i I was working for a company then where we did a lot of tastings too and the, the wines that came up in the blind tasting exams I tasted the week before from a particular producer so that was just that was down my luck and, <laughs> and got me a really nice, got me a really nice scholarship um, and I often think it's that immediate response to a wine you kind of think oh that reminds me of such and such like because you know perfumes remind you of certain individuals yeah. and stuff like that. so it's that image oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I think um, it's um, yeah it's an issue one of the brilliant I love playing wine options um, which is you kind of get everyone to stand up in a room and then you serve them a glass of wine and you ask a series of either or questions about them so you say you know is it you know it's obviously is it red or white you know, but does it come from northern hemisphere or southern hemisphere and then you kind of narrow it narrow it down further and further and further um, and it's, it's a fun and those people get the answer wrong they sit down um, and it's quite interesting it's because, another 20 questions yeah, like it, yeah. yeah but it's quite and that's it's quite a hard thing to and the I played it once with um, a friend who's also in the wine industry having a wedding down in London and she 
they played it at their, um, their reception, their wedding reception. And I was just sat on the table with um, a bunch of people from the wine industry, a load of producers. There were some guys from New Zealand and France, and like, and we all went out in the first round because <laughs> 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 we just like overthank it, you know. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it's quite. There's probably a lot of pressure there as well, though, isn't it? Yeah. These guys know what they're doing. They Everyone's just looking at you. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so you get you get you get wine delivered to you from around the world, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So um, during the COVID nineteen thing, has distribution mm. been a problem for you? It's been. a Distribution been a bit of an issue, especially some stuff from southern Italy has got a bit taken oh, a yeah, long course, time, yeah. um, and some producers not being able to get to the wineries to label or bottle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, it's not been too bad. Distribution out has been an issue. When we first, say, delivering to customers, um, when we first started, actually stopped using couriers for a bit because mm-hmm. they were just so stressed. Like um, I just didn't think, and they were so stressed delivering, like especially the local courier I was using. They were so stressed delivering like medical stuff. Yeah, I thought it just was not fair to start, you know, piling mm-hmm. yeah. boxes of wine on there as well, and, and giving them a hard time for not delivering in 24 hours. It's like, <laughs> but you said. Um, <laughs> so so we so initially we just delivered within the 15 mile radius, just using our own transport and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, that's good. But we've gone back to delivering in delivering nationally now um, just with the caveat that it might take a little bit longer yeah um, what kind of radius are we talking about then? when you say you deliver nationally how, how far out do you deliver London they had stuff going to London and Sussex last week um, wow and sent stuff up to Edinburgh and Glasgow um, that's fantastic yeah, so, yeah I mean there's not the majority is local yeah um, and you know up until recently our website was not as functional as it might have been mm-hmm. um, but now it's pretty I think it's uh, it's pretty user friendly so we've had you know orders from uh, someone been uh, had an order from uh, someone in Belfast the other day to deliver some locally, and you know, so there's loads of yeah, there's yeah. more and more of that kind of stuff happening. And you supply yeah. to restaurants and that as well, so yeah, um, locally, obviously, I'm guessing that side of it's probably yeah, they've not been able to open, have they? So. Pretty much stopped. I mean, yeah. we've been doing some stuff with um, the Sea Suns uh, dine yeah. at home. Yeah, we had them yeah. on the show. They're good guys. Yeah, it's fantastic, and yeah. the food's brilliant. And I love the way they've been doing that as well. So, like, and then they'll like. Oh, I choose wine for them each week and uh-huh. that goes on the kind of the office where you can order their meal and then buy, buy a bottle of wine yeah. um, which is pretty cool and then um, uh, Harry Bullock who was the chef at, at, um, down at Coach House he's been doing kind of delivered meals um, and he's doing the same kind of idea that you know we offer a couple of bo- different bottles um, did one with um, Ben at Osnosh the other day as well with yeah. like charity fund Osnosh is a um, they use um, excess or food from all sorts of different kind of uh, uh, supermarkets and stuff to mm-hmm. to feed local people in Oswald Street for free. Um, oh, right. And it's incredible kind of organised. So they have funding from you know local council and stuff, but also the, the so the Poshnosh by Osnosh mm. was an, was a fundraiser event last weekend where they delivered out to a bunch of people um, to try and raise money for to support their work as Osnosh. And then wow. he comes. Then he also um, does food for us <coughs> at, at Glue Glue. Um, yeah. Uh, and sort of you know uses the some of the profit from that to go back into um, the Osnosh work. Yeah. Um, is there is there a, a region or a place where you, you could get wine from but you choose not to because maybe the ethics aren't right in how they make things? I think... It's a, an odd question, but I think it's interesting. No, no, I think, it's, I think it is really interesting. I think it's... It's, it's hard to generalise. Um, I think... I think that there are countries where there's still issues, you know, um, particularly uh, South Africa, um, South America, I think can be difficult. Okay. But, it, but individual producers have a very um, holistic kind of approach mm. to it, you know, and a very in, in, um, integrated with their community. 
Um, mm. Yeah. But I think it is really hard. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, the Black Lives Matter, and I was thinking about the number of producers we, that we work with, who mm. are, you know, they all, uh, it's just tiny, you know. But I'm not mm. sure whether that's because that's just the fact of life in the wine industry as it, as it stands, or yeah. because it's a more cultural kind of thing. Or, you well, know, that, that's, that, some... that works for everything, though, really, doesn't it? Uh, put my hand over my mouth while I'm talking. Uh, anybody think yeah. I'm an experienced podcaster? Um, no, that works for everything. Coffee, um, uh, Nestle, or yeah, any yeah. of these things. Yeah. Like, are these things made ethically? Like, mm. I like all the fair trade stuff that goes on. Yeah. With, mm. um, because I think it's got a, a really good point that the, the fact people should be paid fairly and they should be yeah. treated right, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, that because our stuff is a, is a wee bit more expensive than the, um, then there is more money going back to the producer. Yeah. And I think that is, that is, that is key, you know. Well, that's because what I mean. You, you get what you pay for in them, them situations. I've never, yeah. I, I've never, you know, I think if you if you pay for a good service and you get good service, then what's the problem? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the yeah. same with food and drink, though, isn't it? Yeah. You're going to pay for a good meal if it's a good meal. Yeah, yeah. A lot of effort's gone into you know the creativity of what's put in the ingredients, how the ingredients are grown, where the ingredients are purchased from. You know, mm. why wouldn't you? Yeah, like you say. And, and then obviously, for my own rose comes to your new baby, glue glue. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So you say like just a year old, just yeah. missed, just missed it with the uh, the COVID nineteen um. thing. Um, what made you want to branch out into a restaurant? Was it just like easy for you? It was just like natural progression. It's about giving people the opportunity to have a um, a really good glass of something, glass of something with them, um, uh, with some appropriate food. Really, mm. I mean, it's much more kind of wine bar than restaurant, and yeah. you can come in just for a glass of wine and just a little bit of salami or cheese or whatever, or just a glass of wine, or you can come in and have like a full evening and really, you know plenty to eat and but it, and just and we were really keen to have like wines on by the glass that were really interesting and potentially more expensive as well so you can you know because it's still yeah it's a lot of money to spend on 30 quid on a bottle of wine and mm-hmm. if you're not sure you're going to like it or not but you can come in and have a glass for you know 750 or whatever then that's cool you know yeah um and it's it, re- it reduces the risk um but gives people an amazing experience um, mm. So it was, it was all yeah. So that was that was all part of the idea. Um, and glue glue is like um, uh, glue glue means glug glug, and it's kind of from French. I was songs. just about to say, where, yeah. the, where did you get the name from? It, go, it dates back to Molière actually. It's a poem by Molière, um, and, and or a story by Molière, and it, called The Doctor and Me. And um, he talks about um, vos petits glue glue, your lovely little delicious things. Um, <laughs> but it's now involved in quite a lot of French drinking songs, and you, right. at the end yeah. you have to do. You can't see it's on on radio, obviously, but so you do go glue 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 glue. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's uh, yeah so you do but I, I love drinking games <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we did this thing called uh, Fuzzy Duck we did. oh god yeah, yes yeah, yeah, Ducky yeah, Fuzz yeah, Fuzzy yeah, Duck yeah. yeah I was like yeah. we need to teach Timmy that and my wife looked at me I was like not with alcohol yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a duck duck goose type thing <laughs> yeah. so what I mean what what are your plans for sort of reopening I mean I'm, I know you obviously you've opened back up in the market hall yeah um, what are your plans I know obviously it's all about you know the different announcements daily yeah i guess we're um yeah looking to that uh, i know that tomorrow we're hoping to see um you know exactly what's going to happen and yeah. being a small venue i think we won't be as affected as somewhere that's absolutely huge yeah. or has multiple locations so we should be okay to open pretty mm. soon and um, i suppose it just depends on distance really yeah you know we've got a little uh, outdoor bit that we can use and then mm. inside's quite spacious um and hopefully people will come and you know want to enjoy a glass of wine somewhere outside of their house or their garden because yeah. i think we've all been doing that yeah. through lockdown. 
And we're also looking at like pushing more of a take-home option as well. So we want to do a glue glue chez vous. Um, so, um, <laughs> like, so you can, we, actually we want to get some 15-minute timers, egg timers as well. So people coming through the door, you give them an egg timer. Um, so they reduce their contact time to less than 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, then they can get a, a sharing board in the box to take out. Um, so it'd be full of um, Shropshire Salumi cheese. Shropshire uh, yeah. Salumi, not Salumi <laughs> cheese. Um, salumi, um, apple yards, uh, apple beads cheese and things like that. And kimchi and you know, a really nice oh, kind nice. of sharing board. Uh, and then also, and then a bottle to take out, obviously. Yeah. Um, and also a link to a Spotify playlist. Because we played, we got um, vinyl. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> we played a lot of vinyl in the in the bar as well. Yeah, bar, yeah. Um, and um, I, and everyone's got into music. And, it's like a four D um, cinema, but with wine. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a whole immersive experience. So you yeah. can either take it home or down the park, or you know. Um, yeah. it. If we can find yeah. a way to give them a stream into the CCTV as well, then they can feel like they're really <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, you could <laughs> you could supply like a Zoom background. Yeah, that's just, just glue glue. Oh yeah, yeah. you could change it. I, have, I, had, I did go and glue glue once. I, I feel like, I feel guilty for not going. Wine isn't my scene though. I mean, like, the, I mean, it's there, and I did enjoy myself when I went there. But I felt really guilty. I went to I went to meet Jenny Swood. Um, it was her birthday. Um, and who's been on the show? Hi, how's, how's it going, Jen? Um, and I had water. I felt really bad because I, dro- <laughs> I drove, so I was like, oh, I didn't get to taste the wine, so I felt really bad. But your place is 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 very it's very comfortable. It's very relaxed. We sat in the far right-hand corner where we would just sit and chill. And we sat and we chatted for hours. I was sitting drinking water yeah. and I was just having a great time. It, yeah. it, it is, uh, the aesthetics are great good. there. It's good atmosphere. Yeah, I'm really pleased. And really, I would say nice the, the kind of reception we've had in terms of just that kind of relaxed vibe. And people mm. feel happy to come in on their own or with a group or in just spend, yeah, spend some time yeah. chilling. And Jack, how, how have you found running it this year? What was it like at, st- at the start? Was it, was it um, did you... Oh take to it to like like a duck to water yeah i suppose so i mean i've been in hospitality pretty much all of my working life so from doing chalets on ski seasons to working in london for the last kind of 10 years um and done lots of events and hospitality so that that kind of style thing is really good and has been a nice addition to glue rather than it just being a bar so you know offering it to a bigger group um but yeah we got a big crowd in for the opening night and then basically just took off from there uh, and just had loads of people coming in wanting to try orange wine, um, which I suppose is a big thing to talk about on here. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't tried orange wine, come to Glutely. Um As in the colour of it? Yeah, so you've Rather got you know, your right? usual categories of sparkling red, white, rosé that yeah. everyone's so fay with, but um, then you add, you add on orange and you think, well, if you haven't tried it, come and try it because it's something a bit different, a bit unique, a bit funky. Um, and yeah, a lot of people really like it as well with, okay. with things that are fermented like kombucha coming to the market. Um, I think they're kind of ready to try something and yeah, take on yeah. something a bit new. It's like Lucasaid, but it gets you drunk. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, I, I agree with whiskey. Um, it's, it, those are, they're made um, like you're going to make a red wine, but using white skin grapes. Um, so with, with, with red wine, you crush the grapes and then you ferment the juice in contact with the skins because that's where all the colour is because most red grapes have clear juice and clear yeah. flesh. Um, but to make a white wine, what you normally do is you squash the grapes, you run the juice off, and then you chuck away the skins, and then you ferment the juice without any skins in it. Um, so it's um, but to make an orange wine or something that they call skin contact or um, uh, skin contact wines, so you um, ferment the juice in contact with the white skinned grapes, with the white skins of the grapes, and it extracts what colour there is in the in the skins. Mm-hmm. And often there is quite a bit of colour. They're kind of like Gewurztraminer in particular is like kind of quite pink and freckly. It's really they're really pretty grapes. 
Um, but, um, <laughs> Gewurztraminer is not a yeah. made-up name, by the way, for anyone. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, it's in the extracts quite a lot of colour, um, and also a bit, little bit of tannin, that kind of structure you get in red wines. Yeah. Um, and often they have a sort of almost kind of slightly sour kind of edge to them, which is which is really lovely and goes really well with food as well. Actually, like a variety of foods, um, but they're quite cool. So, what's the sort of like? Is there an overall sort of or like overall underlying taste then with the orange wine? There's a kind of spiciness, I guess, to them. And um, yeah, that kind of... It's, but it's the, the structure, I guess, as well as anything. The, the kind of the, people don't talk about um, uh, texture in white mm. wine so much, but there's a textural component in, in orange wine so you don't get in like regular white wine so yeah. much, yeah. Um, which makes them really interesting. And then, and then there's like a, yeah, that kind of touch of sourness to them, which, uh, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is really... Jack, cool. what's your most popular... Uh, sort of range what, what, what's, what flies off the shelf in oh in Glucly yeah um, well wines by the glass change week on week if not day by day yeah. um, because we've got such a big range there's over 100 wines so um, it's always changing really it, anyone who hasn't tried it will come in and have a glass of orange wine in the summer definitely rosé um, or fizz I mean there's a great range of fizz we've usually got four open so there'll be carver um, definitely a prosecco sometimes an organic prosecco um, and then a champagne of some variety so yeah they've always been popular um a lot of people have beer though in there as well to be yeah. honest i mean there's there's some good local locally made cider um beer from uh, spain uh, called rondadora which we're supporting always have and yeah they've got a great range as well um and some welsh beer as well uh, montes so yeah it's all all sorts and there's something for everyone really um so you've got rosé sparkling rosé we always have like four yeah it just changes all the time really so yeah. there's all like, at least yeah there's always four different sparklers on um, four different fears and then there's probably about I don't know ten wines on by the other wines on like still wines on by the glass so there'll always be at least one orange yeah um, we also got a thing called a Coravin which is um, a, quite a handy bit of kit which is um, it has a needle that goes through the cork um, and it pumps in it in a gas into the bottle as the wine gets dispensed so we're able to open some bottles of some really fancy expensive things to sell yeah. by to sell by the glass without 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 the wine without being spoiled. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, because, because they, they yeah. last a month, don't they? Yeah, at least a minimum. So yeah, you know. I've tasted like wines that have been coravaned, um, and then re- and then left for six months. I had a couple of glasses taken out of them by coravan, and then taste and then six months against a bottle that's just freshly opened. Yeah, and it's you can't really tell really? much difference. I mean, there's a bit, but, you know, it's definitely not yeah. gone off. That's Because like, the only time I yeah. ever... Because I've... Um, there, there's one... I don't know if, it's, if it would be one of your suppliers, but when I went to the Loire Valley, there was... Uh, we went into a... Um, like, one of the big... Is it winery? Vineyard? What is it, actually? The vineyard's where the grapes go. The winery's where, it's, where they make it, I guess. Right, yeah. been the winery but, then yeah. that we went to. Yeah. Ackerman's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ackerman, yeah, yeah. And, and that, they're yeah. sparkling. Yeah. All of the, and that's what we just brought, crates of the yeah. sparkling. Yeah, it's Absolutely. Not really, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you Case can bring quite a lot back. Yeah, 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 yeah but it's... Um, <laughs> on a long day trip. And they have amazing sellers as well, don't they, yes. in Ackerman? They, they make it built into the chalk. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wicked, yeah, no, it was better. But I've never been able to. I've, I've always tried to look for it here. They produce um, quite a lot under other people's labels, so they do. Ah. do um, yeah, so they do like a lot of producers like that who produce in quite a big volume. Also, do like um, own label for people. Right, that's um, probably why so, I've never come. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you look on the if you look on the back label, often it'll say Maison Bouteille Park. Come on, where? And, yeah. You know, um, yeah. I tell you what, I need to uh, find is someone locally that makes mead. I need mead in yeah. my life. Uh, yeah, just I'm quite a, surprised there's no one making mead. I quite often get asked for mead, but 
a, a couple of years yeah. ago, I was doing um, <clears throat> I was doing some episodes of, of, of Thor's Skin, I think it was, from my old show, my other show. Um, Thor's Kin. I always have to do that. I always have to do that. Thor's Kin. <laughs> Most people know that. Uh, some people, a lot of the listeners will know. Um, and um, I was, I mentioned it on one of the shows, and some guy turned up at my door, Ed, Ed Crane, how's it going, guy? Um, he bought me two bottles of homemade mead. It was the best experience of my life. I was yeah. just like, people are giving me mead. It's great. Because yeah. uh, mead is, is, is good. Um, what I love about Glue Glue, uh, switching back to, to topic, um, is, is the prime location. People can come off the train mm. on a good day. when it yeah. isn't, um, And they can either dive into a rowdy pub or they can go and sit in Glue Glue and have a, a nice quiet drink with their mates or yeah. their work colleagues and stuff. You've got the option there. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. Yeah, no, it's really nice. I mean, Traditionally, it's the wrong end of Shrewsbury. You know, because all the posh stuff is in yeah, the other end. And like, but I think that's changing. You know, it's, it's a more gateway, and more people. Isn't it? it's yeah. A gateway. yeah. Well, I'd say for for people that don't know where you are, and yeah. if they, they obviously haven't driven through the town or walked fully through the town, no. but we're, explain to people where you are. So we're just at the bottom of Castle Gates. Um, you, we're bright orange, so you can't really miss us. Uh, and yeah, opposite Pad Thai Cafe, um, and, which and is the bingo. Spot. Yeah, yeah, and the bingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously, because as you come out of the train station, in there, there's the um, all up the bull. Tap- there's bull's head, and then tap and can, tap and can, bull's head, then the vaults. Barbers. Um, barbers is further up. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Bob, Bob's is just past us, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pomona Grocery is just opposite us as well. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. It's great actually having them on our um, doorstep to have yeah. all our fresh fruit and veg from. Yeah, they've yeah. got some lovely stuff in there. Yeah, the, other, the other advantage of being the wrong end of town is actually the rent and the rates are much lower. Yeah, of course. So from a purely pragmatic point of view, you know, yeah. it's like a commercial point of view. It, it actually goes back much, but it's quite a narrow front, but it goes back quite a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, so our the rent and the rates are actually way more affordable um, than they would be like on Fish Street or something like that. Yeah, of course. Um, which makes a massive difference. It means you know, to actually yeah. pay stuff. And, you so know. you say you've got a bit of outside space there then, so I'm just trying... Cause if just you, in the front, yeah. Oh, it's in the front rather yeah. than sort of like at the back. Yeah. yeah, so our bit of pavement is a little bit wider than the rest around Castle Gates, so you can kind of have a glass on the front, basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Linger. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although part of the um, part of the kind of the deal that appears to be coming through is that um, they're going to make they're going to fast track um, pavement licenses and stuff like that. So oh, and make them much easier to apply for. And um, and certainly, in, like you know, counties like Westminster have actually closed quite a lot of roads. Yeah. And actually made a big thing about trying to make make it a much more kind of pavement culture yeah. pavement cafe culture which I think is probably on its way slowly to Shrewsbury yeah. anyway well, I, think, I think you know hats off to the council you know I've, I've not been shy about criticising council mm. in the past but hats off to them actually seizing the, seizing it yeah. and, and putting all those bollards up yeah. on castle gates and, and closing off um, uh, high street from 11 till 6 because yeah. it just makes it so much nicer place to, yep. to shop I, yep. never, I never like to be negative on the Shrewsbury Biscuit but I, I, I did share a post about um how good the cop looked, you know, just yeah. like just having the one side where, yeah. where you don't have to worry about somebody ramming you with a pram on the way yeah, down, yeah. you know. Well, doing the social distance yeah. dance yeah. on on a on a um, one, oh, one, yeah. me, on a one <laughs> meter pavement, yeah, like yeah. Avoid the traffic. with 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 a bus going down that way yeah. at high speed, and then like <laughs> someone legging out. Yeah, it's just. Um, yeah. And I, I did share the post, and, and a lot of people were for it, but there were some people like, "We're a waste of money." I was like, "They're cones, yeah, they're, they're, they're cones, people." Yeah. It's not they're a waste co- of money. <laughs> I know, no. just, it was funny. But you'll always get that anyway. You, you're always so. going to get that. Yeah. I think it's great. I mean, they've taken them off today. I don't know why the uh, the cones aren't there today. Oh, well, when I came up through 
they're well they're they're there when I came up through I think Bob Castlegate's the arbor when I walked up the car park to, I had to walk on the pavement god damn. Um, yeah, okay. I think it is, it is timed I think isn't it 11 till 6 or oh something? is it okay yeah. or simply yeah, yeah, high street's yeah, yeah, closed at 11 till 6 yeah I was going to so, say yeah. um, so let's talk about Kitty here like Hi. I'm sorry if we can't give you a microphone um, are you sure <laughs> Um, we've only got four microphones and the social distancing things means we, we can't really share a microphone I'm sorry but uh, I guess Robin can talk for you like uh, you brought her onto the team um, how's, how's that been? Oh that's been fantastic yeah really really great so Kitsu was working at the Armoury before um, in town and um, that's quite an interesting kind of varied career in the past as well yeah, yeah. so um, I moved to Shrewsbury three years ago started in the Armoury and loves just working with people mainly food and beverage um, but especially wine. So crossing over to Clear Glue has meant that I'm actually able to focus on what I'm truly passionate about. And for all two weeks of Glee Glue, it was amazing. <laughs> all <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> that must be heartbreaking, though, to bring someone in that's got the skills and the yeah. talent to be able to do it, and then two weeks later, you're going to have to close your store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is it's really, I mean, you know, obviously it's for everyone. everyone of course, yeah. For the best of everyone. But it's, um, yeah, it is frustrating. But one of the... Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, Kitsy's been doing web development and we've got, so Alan and Rose, we've got about 500 wines, I think. They keep growing the keyboard. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, can't, I can't resist. Um, so, each, and for each one, we've now got all of them on the website and Kitsy's had the delight of going through, um, checking the grape variety, the region, um, the uh, and a little bit of background about each and every wine. So, um, so it's been a really amazing opportunity for Kitsy to learn about all the wines. Um, and you'd think that my knowledge would grow, but now I'm just I think it's like one of those things like you know it's like juggling you have to, you kind of learn to juggle and then you go to sleep um, and then when you wake up you can actually juggle you kind of it needs your brain a little time to process and you kind of understand I don't know how you do it I mean I like we go day to day uh, we learn I'll see how it is we go f- we listen listen to music our favourite music remember our shopping lists remember to do our tasks during the day yeah. the names of our family and then a thousand bottles of wine that you prefer <laughs> to like you said, probably more like yeah. how, how do you remember all that it must be crazy I can't remember my shopping list so I have to put it on my phone <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no other room in there <laughs> yeah. but it is about hooking on the stories about people like you've met or places you've been and um, that's how you, I think how you remember it because you kind of you know, you look at the picture of the, of the vineyard or the, the person you've met that was that was making the wine, or you and know. That's how I remember it. So I think there's yeah. there's just something so interesting behind the producer, where it's come from, the wine, and it's just those little tags that you you keep them in your memory. So. Reminds me of um, Michael Scott from The Office. He's, he's, he's holding this the conference. The American, one, the American office, and he's like, he's Baldy, uh, so he's Steve. He wears glasses, so he's he's Ralph. He's so yeah. he picks out like flaws in people, but he says it openly in front of those people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's the what's the what's the plan now? Um, I mean, obviously, we you're hoping you can open glue glue. Um, what's the plan for the rest of the year to catch up? How, yeah. how are we going to do this? Um, I I honestly think you know. Support local. I think that's the message that has to go out to everyone. Um, as soon as things open, try and vary it as much as you can as well. You know, visit lots of different places. Um, and yeah, pick up a bottle to take home as well. Every little helps. So yeah. travel through your taste buds. You're not going to get any plane. I was supposed to be in Italy today. I, was supposed to, I would have been in. Well, in Vieste d'Este, I was supposed to arrive in, in um, Pichot in, um, in, down in um, Basilicata. But I've got to say. But, um, but it's been a, been a, you know, 
nobody's going to be going anywhere, so you yeah, come, come to Glue Glue, travel, yeah. to, travel to Basilicata by having a bottle of Aglianica or, or whatever. And, um, yeah. Are you going to do tastings as well? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Are you going to sort of kick them off as soon as you can? As soon as you can, as soon yeah. as you can kind of spread out people out and yeah. work out what we, how to do it and stuff. Yeah. Well, we've, we've always done a tasting flight anyway, so that's um, having kind of a small sample of five different wines mm-hmm. um, and just a small amount. So it's the equivalent of a large glass, essentially, but you mm. get to go all around the world or yeah. something, something else but a little explanation from us so there's no reason why we can't do that I don't think I'm interested in your, your immersive box so <laughs> I really want to do it I'm going to do it I'm gonna, yeah. uh, so I'll, I'll be after we've done this I'm going to yeah. book a box yeah. or you know, I'll do that um, you know it's, it's been difficult for a lot of people in, in the town is there anybody that you would like to give a shout out that you've had particular support from or that you've been supporting um, I think, well, I want to give a shout out to all the people, the local people, like, you know, that have been supporting our roads, you know, then, and buying, carrying on buying wine. I mean, our retail sales have been amazing over the last couple, few months. Everybody's um, been at home, they're like, wine! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But making the effort to actually kind of, you know, bother to come and, you know, order wine from us or, you know, phone us up or order on the web or stuff like that. Yeah, that's been, um, that's been really, really encouraging. Mm. Um, and it's great to see that kind of support. Um, so yeah, that's, that's who I'd like to add out to. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Have, you, have you got anything to add, Jules? I have a question, actually, that I've always wanted to ask mm. someone in the know, so I'm hoping you'll know this. What makes a bottle of wine... So you know when you, you get these, like, dusty wine cellars and somebody finds this bottle of wine from 1645, if it even goes back that far, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. and Millennium. it's worth yeah. thousands. Millions. Millions. Yeah. What makes it... <laughs> worth that much i think yeah why is why is some wine more expensive than others yeah i think but i mean really expensive but really expensive there's a scarcity i guess isn't it because you know you think about it like when I mean, you think about it, like madeiras that are still drinkable now mm. um that were made in the 1800s unless you can still drink them now but you think about what was happening when that bottle of wine was made it's just amazing it's just like you know that is kind of history yeah you know? and you kind of think you know it was the, it's the fact it's survived as well. It's gone through yeah. so much history. It's gone through two worlds. Yeah. It's gone through yeah. endless conflicts. Yeah. And, and also growing grapes. It could have gone through some horrendous weather. Yeah. It could have been the only parcel to eat to make it. Yeah. A world that's less polluted in some regards. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, and like you say, the scarcity of it. The fact that, you know, if it's the only bottle that survived... And, yeah. it's still, and it's still drinkable. I mean, that's probably what's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. The fact that it's still it's a drinkable. good recommendation. Drink it fast. <laughs> don't let it <laughs> well, oxidise. Well, well and I guess there are people that don't ever touch it, do they? Just keep the bottle. And Often, yeah, yeah. Have you yeah, got an end-of-the-world bottle of wine stowed away somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. That's a good idea. I should do that. Um, but the problem is, I'm not sure it would be. I'll, send, I'll then spend until the end of the world trying to decide what it, what it should be. It was, was Father's Day, well, it was yesterday, and um, I did uh, take home a nice bottle of wine for that. But, um, but then, from, yeah, it's like, yeah. Um, how can people support you on the build up to releasing Glue Glue, like before they can physically come to you? Um, is it a follow on Facebook? Is it, um, you know, sharing your, your promotions? How can people help you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to build, um, you know, a social campaign. We didn't want to um, throw loads of stuff at people while we were closed because, yeah. you know, no one wants that. But I think, you know, in, in the weeks coming, we're going to start releasing dates and times and things that we can do. And I think it's just following, sharing, you know, encouraging people to meet there if you're going to meet someone. Mm. Um, and yeah, just, just get involved really. Pop into Iron and Rose, have a chat. Yeah, yeah. buy some wine. Um, the um, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter is just 
glueglue underscore sy1. Yeah. Um, sy1, because um, the idea is that maybe we'll be more glueglues in the future. So, yeah, <laughs> so we're going to have a, a glueglue sy1 or a glueglue underscore b1, you know, when we're in Birmingham mm-hmm. or, you know. Uh, even though I'm not a wine, a wine fan, I do love Glue Glue and I do wish you the best of success with, with everything there reopening. Thank and you. I will be coming in to taste some of your sparkling I think, ones. Yeah, do you know yeah, what? I yeah. think we should do that. I think we should all... Yeah, we should. As a, as we a should work our way around all the different people that we've interviewed yeah, yeah. that have got restaurants or bars. Yeah, yeah. Good plan. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Big, big right. afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Taking two days off work. <laughs> who's who's going to be the Desi driver though? We'll have to get taxi. No, we don't have a driver. Yeah, it's in the town support, yeah. yeah. Support a local business taxi firm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very local yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys for joining us today. It's been sure. really nice. Thanks. I'm glad I finally got you on because when I first yeah, started, I, know. It's, um, I was like, you want to be on the pocket? I remember like it was yesterday because um, we went around the whole market hall yeah. and I gave a card to everybody, yeah. but it never happened. And that was like two no. years ago. It's been bonkers busy. It's been amazing. It's been an amazing kind of ride. Mm. It's been exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what happens when you're passionate <laughs> about something. It's great. Yeah. Um, guys, make sure you, uh, you check out our website. We are at www.theshrewsbybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, suggestions, you want to come on the show, uh, you got any messages for Team Biscuit, our email is shrewsbybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com. And this podcast has come to you today from uh, Biscuit Studios on the parade. The parade shopping center is open. Come and see. It's like a it's like a bazaar at a time. You can come have a wander around, find all sorts of trinkets and things. It's great. Um, thank you again, guys, for joining thank us. You. Thank Thanks. you. Uh, this has been the, the Shoes Biscuit. Peace out. Rock on. Cheers. <laughs>